the world, the world has a lot of fears, and they all have names. The fear of wide open spaces is called agoraphobia. The fear of spiders, arachnophobia. The fear of needles, can you roll a piece of for me? Is known as trypanophobia. Okay, okay, okay. And the fear of heights? Oh my goodness, look at the view! Acrophobia. <laughs> if you're afraid of the dark, you've got nyctophobia. <laughs> fear of long words is hippopotomonstrosesquipedeliaphobia. Why would they call it that? <laughs> and fear of being trapped in a confined space with no escape? Claustrophobia. Most fears are bad. But there's one kind of fear that's good. The fear of God. Realizing that he's powerful. He's in charge. And he loves you perfectly. When we understand this perfect love, it has a way of making us all not so afraid. So when it comes to fear, we have a choice. Fear God. Or fear everything else. Which, by the way, is called panophobia. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Diamond Head here at Kahala Mall Campus. If you want to take your message notes, as TJ said, we're going to conclude our series on the fear of the Lord. This is the first time you're here with us. Let me just give you a a two-minute uh, review of the last three weeks. Week number one, we had Uncle John Bevere here with us. He taught us that the fear of the Lord is about not, it's not being scared of God. How many of you are glad about that? Every week I'm reminding people, because the first idea that comes to our minds when we hear the fear of the Lord is to be scared of God, but that's not what it is. It's what he taught us is that the fear of the Lord is to venerate God, to honor Him, to respect Him, to esteem Him, to value Him, reverence Him, and to stand in awe of him more than anything or anyone else. That's good. Now, week number two, we learned that those who fear the Lord have a daily commitment to know God intimately. Many people know about God here in their head, but they don't know God here in their hearts. And we would encourage you, if you want to walk in the fear of the Lord, get to know God intimately. Last week, week number three, we, we talked about that those who fear of the Lord they develop a habit of doing daily devotions. We are people that love to be in the Word of God. We love to obey the Word of God, right? And then when we do that, we're going to make wise decisions for our lives. Now, I encourage you to do daily devotions with the book of Proverbs for a while. And I'll leave you some homework. So let's be honest. One more time. How many of you did some Proverbs devotions? Okay, let me see your hands. Again, again, again. Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Oh, a lot of people. Good job. Was it good? Was it good? Awesome. Oh, you see? Hey, you see, you got wiser. Did you? No wonder you look wiser today. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I will encourage you to keep developing that habit of doing daily. If you want to hear more about it, you can watch it on the web, and the message is right there. It's a powerful, powerful message about the fear of the Lord. Now, today, I want us to take a look at the next slide because we want to talk about honor. Those who fear the Lord honor both God and people. That is a biblical principle. It's a principle of honor. All through the scriptures we see that people that fear the Lord, they're people that honor God, both honor God and people. So 
Let's talk about honor. What is honor, guys? I believe the biblical definition of honor is this. It's to give high value, to revere as precious. That's what, when we honor someone, we, hide, we hold them as precious. To sincerely appreciate and to respect and to treat someone with deference and submission. That's what biblical honor is all about. And I believe some of us, we can, uh, we can experience what it means to, what it feels to be honored, right? Some of you have experienced that, feel how, how, what it means to feel honored. Let me just tell you that one of the most recent ones. Uh, last week after service, it, it wasn't a, a sunny day like this. Last week, if you remember, it was very gloomy and it was raining. And usually people here in Hawaii, it's funny, when they're like that and, and it's like raining cold, a lot of people want to go and eat pot. Isn't that interesting? So, uh, so all the all Vietnamese places, they love rainy days. So I go to our favorite place in Chaimuki, and there's half of the church is there eating pot, right? So we got there. We said hi to everybody that was there. Hey, you know, some people, and we just sat down with their families. We, we eat our meal, and, and as the bill comes out, the, the guy tells me, oh, no, somebody already paid for you. Oh, <laughs> I can tell you this. We felt honored that somebody would do that. Now, I'm not telling you that so every time that you see me in a restaurant, you feel obligated to pay for my meal. No, 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 no. Don't, please uh, don't feel obligated. I'm just telling you that we felt honored with that gesture. In fact, we also passed that blessing forward and we paid for somebody else's meal that day. But also I remember what it feels when you are dishonored. And some of you probably know what that feels when you feel dishonored. Um, one of the things that I love to do is I, I coach my, uh, my son Daniel in, in soccer. And last season, uh, we, we, we were having a great fun. It was a great season. I'm in a league when, when we use soccer not to relieve the dreams of the parents. No, 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 no. We're there to just instill in the kids good character. That's why I do it. And I love that league. And so it's not like probably the best players of the world. We're not going to have the next Ronaldo there, probably. But... We have great men and uh, men, young men in my, uh, and young women too, because they coach girls too, uh, to have good good character. So that's why I'm in that league. So usually, and those of you that have kids in sports, you know this. There's always a psycho parent in every team. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. My team last week, the last season, we had a psycho parent. Okay, and this this lady is supposedly she's a Christian. Okay. So, so she comes, remember, the first practice, and she's yelling at her son, don't do this, oh, you're not doing that, run faster, ah! and she's yelling at her. So after the first practice, I remind her, the lady, hey, listen, in this league, we don't do that, okay? We are very positive here. You encourage, you're the cheerleader. You're not the coach, okay? Let me be the coach, and you be the cheerleader. You always give encouragement to your son. She didn't like what I said. The first game, she's yelling at everybody. She's yelling at the referee for every call that he makes. He, he, he's yelling at her son. He's, she's yelling at the parents of the other team, at the kids of the other team, at the other team's coach. And I had to tell her after the game, hey, listen, you cannot do this here. You know, you need to calm down. You need to, you, you need to stay away a mile because if you don't change, I'm going to ask you not to come to the game. And she was upset at me. And she gave me a hard time all season long. And I remember the last day of our of our of our uh, last game of our season, we do this uh, kind of little ceremony where we give the kids some medals, and we're giving kids medals, and, and we're giving them. And, and I I was the time, and I usually give a speech of every kid, a very short speech. And, and he comes, and I give him a, a medal, and he says, "Man, you you work hard, and you keep trying hard. And are you gonna sign up for next season?" He says, "No, no. My mom says that you probably could be a pastor, but you're a horrible coach." 
in front of everybody. Man, I, I, I honestly, I felt dishonored. What happens when you feel dishonored? I wanted to take the medal away from the kid. <laughs> That's what you do when you feel dishonored, right? You just don't want to bless them. Well, it's not different with God. When we honor God, oh, God brings honor's reward. When we dishonor God, it's almost like God wants to take away blessings from us. And we're going to learn in Scripture all about honor today. There's a passage, and I love and It's a story in the Gospels. It's about Jesus, and, and it's Matthew 8. And there's a guy here, then it becomes one of the heroes here in, in the story. It's, not, it's, it's about a Roman officer, and he's going to show us. He's going to teach us everything about honor and authority that we need to learn. So let's, let's read, start verse 5, Matthew 8. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed, and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy. Look at the way that he honored Jesus. I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. And this is the key part here. You see? I know this because I am a man under authority of my superior officers. And I have also authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Now watch this. When Jesus heard this, he was what? He was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I'll tell you the truth. Because Jesus never lies or he never exaggerates. He says, I'll tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. That's huge. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believe it has already happened. And the young servant was healed instantly at the same hour. Isn't that an amazing story? I love this, how you can see this amazing miracle of God. And what this story shows us, first glance, is this. These kind of amazing rewards and miracles happen when there is an atmosphere of honor and respect for those in authority. People ask me all the time, Pastor, how come you, 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 here in the U.S. we don't see great miracles? And when you go other places, it's, it's, like, it's like miracles all the place. Well, I, I have seen that. I've been in Taiwan. I've been in Japan. I've been in South America several times. And you know what those places have in common? God does amazing things in people's lives because they understand the culture of honor and respect for those in authority. Better than we Americans. We go, we're Americans. We have our rights. Very often, we feel and we trade that for a culture of honor and respect. So today we're going to see then, then reward, the reward of honor comes to those who honor those in authority. I don't know about you. I want to walk in a path of honor because it brings so many rewards. I don't want to walk in the path of dishonor. I don't want God to take away my medals. I want God to bless my life. I know you want God to bless your life. So let's learn about honoring those, uh, both God and other people. First thing that I, wanna, I want us to, to write down here is be sincere. Everybody say sincere. Sincere is very important. Then we do this with all uh, an honest and sincere heart. Be sincere honoring everyone in authority. Now, when you look in the scriptures, we're going to see 
four different areas of people in authority. Number one, we're going to see people in civil authority. So honor those in civil authority. Romans 12, I'm sorry, 13, verses 1, 2, and 7 says this. Everyone must submit to whom? Governing authorities. That means mayor, that means governor, that means president, that means police officers, all of them, governing authorities. For all authority comes from whom? From God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by whom? By God, okay? So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. So what? Give what? Respect and what? And honor to those who are in authority, those that are in civil authority. We got that? Civil authority. We honor those in civil authority, those in government. Number two, he says here, honor those in social authority. We live in a society, and we have people in our society that have authority over us. I'm talking about employers. I'm talking about bosses. I'm talking about teachers. Any teachers in the house? Teachers, 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 teachers. Anybody? There, woohoo! There we go. Some teachers here. Awesome. Great to have you here. Coaches. Any coaches like me? Coaches, coaches. And what? Okay. Only one. Only nobody. It's okay. We need coaches. Okay. So, so we have all these people in our society that have authority, and the scripture calls us to honor them. Let me show you how. First Timothy six one. And I want us to stop here in this verse and study this verse. It's a short verse that I want to study. It says here, all slaves. And notice that I added some parentheses here. Because we need to understand what the scripture, the context of this, this passage. All slaves, meaning people under authority, should show what kind of respect? Full respect for their masters or people in authority. Why I have to add these parentheses? Well, because the economic system was very different 2,000 years ago when these passages were written in the Bible. Okay? Well, in, that, in that point, there was employment agreement. But people didn't use the word employees. They used the word servants or slaves. It's not like today when we hear the word slaves, immediately, boom, the image then comes is, I'm a stud, you know, African-American people with chains and people just hitting them and, you know, and, and horrible things, right? That's what we think in our heads. But back in the day when people referred to as slaves, they meant to say people then I have an, 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 an employment agreement, somebody then is serving me, and people there were paid for the work okay so it's very important that we understand this now i know many people today feel like slaves in your jobs i understand that okay so you kind of understand what i'm talking about but no one should misinterpret these biblical patch passages and say that god condones forced slavery or human trafficking for labor that's not what the scripture says there's a time in our history of the church when people took these verses and misused them to excuse slavery in, 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 in recent years, 200 years ago, in, 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 even very recently in our history. But that shouldn't be the case, okay? What the context of the Bible is when he refers to slaves, he refers on people under authority and masters as people with authority. Do we got that? Is that good? So today when we read this passage, we should read it this way. Hey, listen, those of you that are employees should show full respect for your bosses and employers. That's what that passage says. Those of you that are students, you should fall, you should show full respect for your teachers. Say amen. Yeah, teachers, amen. Those of you athletes, you should show full respect for your coaches and your referees too. Okay? Honor. Give full respect to the referees. Okay, they're doing a the job, okay? So that's what the scripture says. Honor those in social authority. Third, 
Honor those in church authority. The Bible says that. First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. Let me read it to you. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. That's the church. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, Pastor Fernando, you're being so self-serving right now teaching about this. And hey, you know what? Probably that, that, that's how it sounds, but I'll tell you this. My commitment is to teach the Word of God. And if I'm going to teach about honor, I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. And the Word of God is very clear. We need to honor those in church authority. Now, hear me this, hear me saying this, and hear me really well. Pay attention. Honoring those in church authority does not mean that we worship those in church authority. Okay? Because we have seen extremes where people in authority, we put them in pedestals and we're like, <laughs> we worship them when we shouldn't. We should give them honor, not worship. We only worship Jesus our Lord. Is that a good, good word? Okay, good, good. Now, lastly, the scripture is going to tell us to honor those in family authority. Family authority. All of you young people here, you're going to love this. We're going to read this together. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. This is... The teenager's favorite verse to read in the scripture. Ready? Go. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on the earth. How many of you? Oh, this is good stuff, right? This is good stuff right here. All the parents are like, yeah! All the kids are like, <laughs> oh, this is... How many of you want to want all things go well for you? Okay. Honor your mother and your, your father. Right here. That's what it says. Honor your father and your mother. Things will go well for you. You will have a long life on the earth. It's a promise. It is a great promise. You want to walk in the fear of the Lord? You need to be sincere in honoring those in authority. Right? Civil authority, social authority, church authority, family authority. We got that? Awesome. Number two, write this down. Also, we're going to be sincere in honoring everyone under your authority. Oh, yeah. We honor also those that we care for. This is what the amazing part of the story of the Roman officer here. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Because when you see this Roman officer in the story, he doesn't only honor Jesus. He knew Jesus was a spiritual leader. And he gave him honor because he knows that he is sent by God himself. He also honored, he says here, I also honor my officers, my commanding officers, my generals. If they tell me to do this, I will do it. I don't question. I obey. I honor them. But look at the whole point of the story here. Because he was a man that also honored those that were under his authority. Those that he was supposed to, he was supposed to care for. Look at this story. It was a servant, not even a soldier. It was a slave. There wasn't a lot of pain. And he felt a strong responsibility to honor this man, to do everything possible to help this slave. And he goes to Jesus. He bothers with all the, 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 the hard work. He goes to Jesus and asks Jesus for help. That's when Jesus saw it. And he says, wow, this guy understands honor in all levels. And then remember what Jesus said about this guy. 
the statement. He says, I'll tell you the truth because he doesn't lie and he doesn't exaggerate. He says, whoa, I have never seen greater faith in all Israel. That is huge. Because what Jesus is saying, hey, you know John the Baptist? The guy is good, has a lot of faith. This guy has more faith than him. Hey, you know my mom, Mary? You know Mary? You know my mom? Okay, this guy has more faith than my mom. In all Israel, I haven't seen greater faith than this. Why? Because this guy understands honor. This guy understands submission. This guy understands authority. He walks in the pathway of honor. And he receives honor's reward. This is is pretty cool. Now, if we can get this guy, this Roman officer, somehow from heaven and be the guest speaker today, he will be preaching. He will tell you, hey, guys. Do you want to know if you fear God? Do you want to know if you fear the Lord? You can measure it. Look at the way that you honor those in authority over your life. Civil authority, social authority, church authority, family authority. That will tell you how much your fear of the Lord is. And then the second test is, watch how you honor those under your care. Do you, get, do you honor them? That determines if you fear the Lord. And many of us, we're going to be thinking, uh, oh, yeah, wait, wait, let me think. Our mayor, our governor, our president, ooh, do I honor them? Ooh, my fear of the Lord goes, ooh. Oh, wait a minute, my, my teachers, are, ooh. Some of us, we're going to be like, ooh. I thought then I had all this fear of the Lord, but now then I look at how I honor people. Ooh. Honor and respect goes both ways. Chances are that some of you here are bosses. Some of you are employers. Chances are that some of you are here and you work for the government. You have that civil authority that was given by God. Some of you are like me. You're in leadership in this church. You're a small group leader or, or a worship leader or a pastor. Some of you, your parents like me. We have authority in our families. Or your grandparents. You have authority in your family. Listen, we are also called to honor those under our care. And we will be accountable to God in the way that we treat those under our care. So let's make sure that we don't walk in a path of dishonor, but we walk in a path of honor. Can you say amen? Ooh, okay. Now, let's be real. All right. Because there is an elephant in the room when we talk about honoring people, people in authority. And it's been a question and it's been asked for centuries. And this is the question. Should we submit and even honor ungodly authority? What about when they mistreat us? Are we supposed to honor them? And many of us would say, because I'm an American. And I have my rights. So are we supposed to honor ungodly authorities, especially when they mistreat us? Well, the good news is in the Bible has an answer. Are you ready for it? Tell the person next to you, get ready. Okay, we're going to read 1 Peter chapter 2, start at verse 18. This is what the Word of God says. Not what Pastor Fernando says, what the Word of the Holy Living God says. This is what it says. You who are slaves, and we know what slaves are, right? People under authority. Those of you that are under authority must accept the authority of your masters or your leaders. With what kind of respect? With all respect. We already see that. Now, 
do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they what? What? That's what he says here. Let's keep reading. He says this. For God is what? Pleased with you when you do what you know is right and patiently endure what? On uh, unfair treatment. What? Yes. Because keep reading. He says, of course, you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing what? Good. And endure it patiently. God is what? Please with you. Now, keep reading with me. For God called you to do. And even if it means what? <laughs> Just as Christ suffered for you. And let's read this last part together. Ready? Go. He is your example. And you must follow him in his steps. I didn't say it. The word of God says it. Oh, it got quiet in here. It's okay. Let's take a deep breath on this one because this is tough. You agree? <sighs> yep. In fact, write these down. Okay. Point number three. Be sincere in honoring others even when they don't deserve it. Ouch. That is tough. Can I be honest with you and be real with you? This is hard. This is one of the most difficult things to do as we follow Christ. That's how it is. Especially if you're an American. Oh, my rights. You see, the scripture we read already, the scripture says that all authority comes from God. But I'll tell you this, not all authority is godly. That's the reality. Why? Well, because people in authority are human beings. They make mistakes like anybody else. Now, I, 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 I grant you this. It's easier to be gracious and forgiving to those in authority when they make silly mistakes and unintentional mistakes. Isn't that right? It's easier to be gracious and forgiving. Is that right? The problem is when these people in authority use their authority to mistreat us. That's what is hard. That's what is really, really hard. What is hard is to forgive them when they are intentional about the way they mistreat us. Now, what the scripture is asking from us in those circumstances, I'll tell you again, it is very hard, extremely difficult. Being patient and forgiving with ungodly leaders is one of the toughest things that we will ever do. But it also is one of the most rewarding things that we will do. So listen to me. It is worth it. If you find yourself today, you're walking in a pathway of dishonoring those in authority or under your authority, it's going to be hard to walk in a path of honor. But if you make that, you make every effort possible. If you start that journey, I can guarantee you the rewards that that pathway brings, they make the effort absolutely worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. The fear of the Lord is about pleasing God. And when we follow the example of Jesus, like Peter is encouraging us to do. Listen, let's remember what happened to Jesus. He was mistreated. He was abused. He was unfairly punished. He was even murdered at the cross. And yet, 
he put him he proved himself to be honorable he could choose the pathway of dishonor but he did it in the midst of that he walked in the path of honor why because he trusted god to vindicate him and to bring justice in his case and what the bible says then three days later god raised christ from the dead and he placed them in the highest place of honor that nobody else in the universe has. Why? Because that's the reward of those that walk in the pathway of honor. It's hard. I know it's tough. But I wonder how many blessings we forfeit in our lives because I'm an American and I'm not going to honor that guy. I can't believe it. <laughs> I cannot believe how many blessings were forfeited for walking in that pathway of dishonor when we could take that effort that's totally worth it and walk the pathway of honor. I can tell you in my own personal life, I'm a little passionate about this because I believe when people ask me, man, how come you have so much favor in your life? It all goes back to honor. But that's not how I started. I can tell you this early, actually late in my teenage years, I find myself walking in a pathway of dishonor. Let me tell you many reasons why. One of them, I was, in, I was 18 years old. I was attending a church. I'm, this is in Colombia. And there was an American missionary who was the pastor in, in, in the church. And uh, I can tell you this, the guy didn't, uh, didn't have like a lot. It was, I mean, even though he was a pastor, he had certain weird things. You know, one of those things is he really thought then white people were better than brown people. He really believed that. In fact, one time in my face, he tells me, Fernando, we're not equal. Americans were here. You Colombians are down here. That's what he said. And it wouldn't surprise me because of the way that he was treating other people. I don't know what he was doing down there. But he was misusing his authority. And I remember sitting right there where you are, listening to him to preach. And I was going, I can't believe this guy dares to preach the word of God. And honestly, at that time, I started to develop this critical, even cynical attitude towards people in clergy and towards the church. And it started to walk in a pathway of dishonor. During that time, I was uh, attending college architecture school, and I was in my fourth year, and I started the semester, and I got to the first class of the most important subject uh, which is design and I was sitting in my design class and the teacher she's reading all the role and she mentions my name and I said I'm here and she goes oh you're Mr. Castillo I, I heard about you you're a 4.0 student right I said yes ma'am I am you know what I love to ruin 4.0 students so I can tell you today you're gonna fail my class and she smiled at me and she gave me hell oh yeah I would say hell in church because that's what she really gave me she, she, she just gave me hell for a whole semester now i don't have time to tell you the rest of the story thank god i passed that class by this but i passed it through a miracle of god but that experience helped me to reinforce that resentment towards people in authority now in my culture in colombia it's not like here uh, we single people we stay with our parents and we only leave home until we get married that's how our culture is and that's how many cultures in the world are so i'm 23 years old i still live at home and my parents were treating me like if i was an 11 year old it's true i can tell you this no ex i'm not exaggerating like jesus said this is the truth you know 
My, at 23 years old, my curfew is 11 p.m. 23 years old. If I came home 11.01, I got grounded all the time. And, then, and then my parents were so controlled, so unreasonable at times. I was, my relationship with them was at the lowest than ever has been during that time. And again, that sense of, uh, of resentment. Now, what happened too during that time, my sister and I, we got tickets for our very first rock concert ever. And we were so excited, and, and, and we were like, and I told my sister, hey, I'm going to go really early in the morning. I'm going to be first in the line, so when the doors open, we're going to be right there in the front line. And we were like, yeah, yeah. And then we got super early. We're right there. We waited all day. The concert started at 7. It's around 5 p.m., and then the mayor of the city decides to cancel the concert. There's 25,000 people getting to get into this stadium, and he canceled the concert. Now, back in, there in Colombia, we love to do riots for anything. So there they start a riot. And every riot starts with chanting. So everybody's chanting obscenities to the mayor. And then, and then I join, and my sister join, and the chanting is, oh, and we're like, and then the police riot comes, and things are getting a little difficult. And I told my sister, you know what? We better go home. Things are going to get ugly. So we left the place, and after we left, it got really bad. I mean, people got really violent. People got arrested and all that kind of stuff. And then we got home, and that night on the news, Friday night, we're watching the night news and at, at, at 9.30 p.m. It's like, uh, tidin, 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 tidin. today, riots at the stadium because the cancer got canceled. And it's me and my sister. <laughs> all on national TV. And I look at my sister. Wow, this is cool. We're on TV. This is awesome. The next morning, Saturday morning, we wake up, we're having breakfast, and my dad comes with the newspaper, first page, violent riots at the stadium. And then it's me and my sister, first page. <laughs> I look at my sister. This is so cool. We're in the newspaper, too. This is exciting. It's Saturday, Saturday night. I'm the worship leader for a church on Saturday night service. I'm coming with my guitar, ready to lead worship. And the pastor, which is a different guy than the guy that I just told you before, he's a new pastor now. He calls me to his office. Hey, we need to talk to him. And don't worry about worship. We have somebody else going to do worship tonight. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So we sat in, uh, in his office and very gentle, very nice. He goes, hey, I, I saw the newspaper in the news last night. He said, isn't that cool? This is awesome. And he says, Fernando... I'm not that excited about this. So, Fernando, I've known you for five, six years now. You know what? You used to fear the Lord, but you don't anymore. You don't fear God like you used to. And let me tell you why I know this. And he showed me the newspaper. Look at this. Look at this. I told him, I remember saying, hey, I have no problem with God. I have problem with people. And he said, that's the problem. Because if you cannot honor those who you see, how in the world you're going to honor the one that you cannot see? See, Fernando, I, knew, I, know, I know you all these years. You used to have a different attitude. Your heart was different. I can bet there's every single people in authority of your life you're having problems with. Isn't that right? Then I start sharing what happened to the other pastor. And he said, yep, I was mistreated by the same guy too. Told him about my issues with people in authority, about my parents. And he says, Fernando, you've been walking in this pathway of dishonor. And I can tell you there's nothing good with that kind of lifestyle. Will you let me help you to walk in a pathway of honoring God and others again? 
And thank God I said yes. And we started a process that day. We met every week for several weeks. It took me several weeks because this is hard. But I did. And it was totally worth it. Today I have experienced the favor of the Lord for that. Now, let me say this. I don't know where are you with, in your heart with this. But if today you find when you're not in a place of honor, but you're in a pathway of dishonor, I can tell you today, change course. It's totally worth it. I'll be honest with you, it will be tough. It's not easy to be gracious and forgiving to those in authority that have mistreated you. But once you get into that pathway of honor, you will realize, like I did after several weeks of doing this, I felt like I don't carry this resentment anymore. I don't carry this anger anymore. I am free. And this is the big thing that you need to see in this whole series. If this is the only thing that you remember of this series is this. The fear of the Lord brings the favor of the Lord. You want to see the favor of the Lord in your life? Walk in the fear of the Lord. And a major deal in the fear of the Lord is how you honor those over you and under you. Could you imagine what would happen if only one of you, only one, only one of you, Decides to walk away from the pathway of dishonor and walk a pathway of honor. Can you imagine what would happen? I can tell you, this world would be a much better place. This city, this nation will be a much better place. Because now you open all the possibilities for the rewards of the Lord to come into your life. Amen to that? Have you been blessed today? Amen. Why don't you give a clap offering to Jesus? And thank him for his word. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. I'm going to ask Pastor TJ to pray for us. Thank you.